0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of 68 Shining Moments. Today, I am thrilled to be joined by Deshaun Butler and Bob Huggins to talk about that memorable moment where Deshaun tours ACL in the 2010 Final Four. Um, the, the moment at the Final Four, and I did want to talk about that a little bit. Just, I mean, to me, that's one of um, the most memorable moments from, from kind of recent college. But I've been doing this since like 2008, and that's always stood out to me because um, – you know, on a, on a stage like that, a coach being like showing that emotion and and having that connection with the player. I I don't think you see it that often. So can you just kind of, you know, day like what can you take me through what you remember about that moment and and, and kind of what it meant to you that, that, that coach was there for you? Uh, honestly,
1: I'm not gonna lie to you. I'd never hurt myself before. So I was (laughs) asking if they can like fix this so I can get back out there. And they're like, yeah, you're not getting up. You're not getting up. So I was in pain obviously. And, uh, Once again, man, I was more focused on, like, winning the game. I didn't really know what was going on, but uh, I was so worried about us winning. I wanted to win for the team, for the state. And, you know, coach came over and basically just, like, reassured me that I'd be fine and I did everything I possibly could and just to relax. And, you know, stuff you need to hear when you're not – when you're hurt, man. I was, like – I had no idea. At the time, what was getting ready to happen to me, like just looking back at it now, there was a process I wasn't even mentally prepared to take. And the first thing he did was just make sure I was good, like that was his job. And I've seen numerous coaches over time kind of just stand and watch. I've seen coaches keep huddles while their players on the ground with the trainer like that. That was basically to me, seeing that was more or less like if I saw my son in that scenario, it would reassure me that my son was going to the right person in a sense.
0: Right. Did did you know how bad it was coach when when it happened?
2: Uh, I had a pretty good idea. Yeah. You know, the the thing for me was it was, it was like eerie, you know, because we were, we were number one in the country and we were the best team in the country when I had Kenyon Martin. And we had, we had Kenyon Martin, the number one pick in the draft. Pete Michael, the number three or four pick in the draft. Not Pete, uh, Demar Johnson. Pete was an early second-round pick. Uh, Jermaine played in the league for a while. I mean, we we had and we had Satterfield and Steve Logan. And I mean, if you remember those names, Logan was the best player in the country his senior year, and and Sat was really a, a a terrific point guard, particularly in transition. We were loaded, and Kenyon. Kenyon broke his leg against St. Louis in the first game of the conference tournament. And it was, it was, it was the same. I got, I got a picture that I, I pretty much look at every day that's uh, the other guys in a huddle after day went down and, and they're, and they're all, they all got tears coming down their eyes. You know, not, not because, uh, there goes our best player and we can't win because they cared so much for this guy. And, and, um, and it's, it's hard not to to be, to be honest with you, but just to me, it was so eerie. And, and, and the thing that, the thing that stood out to me was when, when I went out with Kenyon and he didn't say what's going to happen to me. He didn't say uh, there goes my career. He didn't say anything like that. You know, his his thing was, Coach. I wanted to win this so bad for you. I wanted to win this for you. You know, and I'm like, Hey, man. You know, it, it ain't about me. You know, it's never been about me. It's always been about us. And and uh, and then I go out today, and they didn't say exactly those words, but it was it was kind of what he said. It was like, Coach, I I, I want to go. I want to go. I, you know. And, and I'm like, listen, man, we got, you got a lot of basketball ahead of you. Just, you got to do what people are telling you to do, man. And he said, yeah, but I need to go, you know, and started talking about, talking about his teammates and, you know, and the whole thing. And it was, it was, it was eerie, but it, it was, it was uh two guys, two guys that, that I knew how much they cared, you know, Separate guys, different, but they cared. They cared about their teammates. They cared about their school. They cared about the people who had supported them. You know, and it, and it's they're they're the same today. And and uh, to me, that was the that was that was what I I got out of it. And then you know, it's it's um, you learn a lot about people. You know, you learn a lot about people and this, you know, I think, I think uh, he will always be remembered as, you know, the Deshaun Butler, man, you know, and, 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 and the guy and everybody will continue to say, damn, they hadn't got hurt. Right. Could could you have won the
0: title that year if he didn't get hurt?
2: Sure we could. I mean, those guys, those guys are, I mean, they tell me all the time, Coach, we're just getting ready to make a comeback. We do, you know, because we had done it all year, really. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, we were not a great first half team. Yeah. Uh, facts. But we were a hell of a second half team. And and that's that's what all those guys talk about. You know, we were just getting ready to make a run here.
1: Is that true, Dave? I mean, honestly, we probably had two blowouts all season, and the rest of the season were all close games. We were like built for close games, and if we were down in the first half, that wasn't a worry. I feel like that was something that uh, Coach Huggins brought with him uh, his first season in. Um, I don't remember who we were playing, but when we were not to like, this is not to bash Coach Beyond anything, anything like that. But more or less, when we played our games our freshman year, if we got down pretty big, we kind of like stayed out of the games. I mean, we're mainly shooting threes. Teams kind of out-rebounded us a lot. We were young. Um, Then next year, I believe we were like – we had a couple games we got down big, but we also came back from being down really big and won a bunch of those games. So us seeing that happen, that was just like the norm for us to know we can come back in games throughout the rest of our college or career. So we have tons of games where we will be down big and come back and win those games. So – and we had them that season. So it wasn't anything like foreign to us. Like they make runs. Like we have to make run. We're gonna make our own run. But ran into some bad luck. <laughs> so it is what it is. They shot the ball great. They won. And I'd rather grant i w I'd rather not lose to Duke, but uh <laughs> I'd rather we lost to the, the team that won the championship though. So that's just me in general. We didn't
2: so, they didn't lose the next one. So it was it was it was the first year when we beat Duke and was in DC.
1: DC, yeah, we beat them. So they had a nice little grudge too, because we beat them pretty good. So it's always always think about those games, man, because we definitely thought we could have definitely won those games.
2: That game, I me, excuse me. Right, well, I think we you were mentioned- down twenty-one to two or something like that against Xavier in the Sweet Sixteen. I think that's about it. Something like that.
1: And they had what six, seven seniors in that team. Like they had a great team. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. It, it was like it was like 21 to 2. And then all of a sudden, here we come.
0: Before we get back into that interview, I just have to let you guys know that yes, it is that time of year again, folks. Conference tournaments are tipping off. Bubble teams are making their final push for a bid, while the best teams in the country are gearing up for a deep run in March. Auto bids will be punched, slippers will be fit. And our partners at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, are putting my listeners at the center of the action. If you bet $4 on an underdog in a select game this week, and that underdog wins, you win $256. Yes, that's right, $256. Here's how it works. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code FIELD68 when you sign up. Scroll through the list of the select underdogs, bet $4 on one of them to win, and cash $256 when they do. There is no better way for you to put your college hoops knowledge to use than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. It's safe. It's secure. It's reliable. You can deposit, and you can withdraw your funds at your convenience. Trust me, I know. I use them. So remember, that's code FIELD68. That's FIELD68 to turn $4 into $256. It ain't going to get better than that, folks. For a limited time only, you must be 21 years or older. Restrictions apply. Go to DraftKings.com for details. Gambling problem? Call
2: 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, I, I'm, I will forever be indebted to those guys because, I mean, they wanted me to coach them. You know, and, 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 uh, I don't, I don't know if they did right at first, but I think after we got going a little bit, they, they really enjoyed, I think, being coached and, and getting better. And, and, and we honestly thought we had a shot. I mean, I tell, I tell Joe, you know, all the time, Joe, Joe's always big now telling me wish he wouldn't listen better. Uh, like everybody is when it's over with. <laughs> like I was when it was over exactly. with. But, uh, you know, if, what if he comes back? We got beaten the Sweet 16 and got beaten double overtime, I think it was. Yeah, Xavier. And, and we, we, I mean, we're thinking we can get to the final four the first year I was there. And, and, we, and we just missed it by a little bit. And Joe had another year and if Joe had come back, Joe and Day together as forwards and then the other guys, the other guys we had, and then of course his senior year we we went. Uh, that was the year that he announced to the world I own college basketball.
1: Let's not get into the uh, other particulars huh? in the particulars and the in the verbals and anything like that. Well, That's I fun. couldn't
2: figure out what they you,
1: you know, that I, I asked you one day, I said, What did you say? Dig it out of me. I oh, I was excited. That was a lot of fun. Like those games. Yeah, a lot of, a lot like, of fun. That's man. the
2: way you were making shots.
1: Exactly right. <laughs> no, nah, but uh, to your question, Rob, um, when he first, uh, we had like a two week. Maybe was it was it two weeks after Coach Belon left uh, yeah. Coach Huggins between you guys?
2: Well, well, I think uh, I, I, I think the other guy was there for about four or five days. Well, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It hey, was at that, that time. I thought that was between Belon and someone else. I didn't know
1: it was between our time. No, I'm talking about Dockage. That's what I'm saying. I didn't know that was our time. I thought that was earlier because we had never met him. Oh, it was. No, you're That was right. before. I was going to say we had never met him, oh, yeah. You're absolutely right. That was before John got there. We had like a two-week uh, hiatus with no coach. And um, all of a sudden, you know, the you know the news breaks, and they're like, yeah, Bob Huggins is getting here. And we all looked to uh, Jerry West's son, Johnny West, who was on the team because he knows everything about basketball. And we're like, you know – like what do we what do we need to know about this coach? And he goes, it's gonna be hard. So we're like, all right, um, <laughs> we all came in to shoot threes and uh, <laughs> and play zone. So, <laughs> like, so um, I actually went back home to uh, New Jersey, and I went to Sein Hall to uh, I was always always go to Sein Hall to get runs when I went back to New Jersey, and I ran into a guy that played for Coach Huggins, Jihad Muhammad at Cincinnati, and. Just it was like literally like a, a whim type deal. I just ran into him because he had never been to the runs before and I ran into him. I'm like, hey, like uh they said, you used to play Cincinnati and used to, you know, play for Coach Huggins. Like, what can you tell me about him? He's like, it's going to be difficult, but it's a good difficult. And at the end of the day, you'll get a big ass hug after practice. And there's nothing personal. It's literally basketball and you'll become a better person for it. And. I didn't know what he was talking about. I was like friggin' 19 at the time. I was like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll stick the shit out. Like it's whatever. <laughs> and then he gets there and I get the chance to meet him. And he doesn't, uh, unlike most coaches I've had, like I told you before, he didn't, he didn't talk at me. Like the first thing he did when he came in, he asked me some questions and it was more or less is like, you know, what do you want to do when you're done playing in college? And I told him, I was like, I want to play. I want to play professional basketball. I want to be a pro. And he's like, you stick around here and you work your ass off you'll get that. And he kept his promise. So like, he's always been, you know, honest to me, always told me everything I needed to hear the way, like the way I needed to hear it. So like, and and obviously he prepared me for life. I mean, it's easy uh, going to college and everything is basically taken care of for you, but he did a great job of preparing everybody in that locker room for what was going to be waiting for them out there. Cause there's no easy picnic for any of the guys younger listeners. So.
0: So coach, I actually want to expand on that point a little bit. Um, you know, they said you coach hard. I think everybody knows that you're uh, you're as tough as anybody when it comes to the actual coaching on the court, but you always have the balance where your guys, and you have have a great relationship. Like I've never heard someone say something bad about you after the fact. And you know we've seen it a little bit with Greg Marshall and Billy Gillespie. How some of that style of coaching maybe isn't as uh, as as prolific as it's been in the past. So I'm, I'm like, how do you how do you manage that balance? How do you do it where your guys know that that you have their support? Like you can coach them hard and you can push them to the brink, but they, but you you still have that relationship. Like how do you how do you manage that?
2: Can't be easy. Um you know i think my dad i i played for my dad my dad coached really hard really hard but there wasn't there wasn't the afterward the relationship you know what i mean i mean with my father so you know i had that relationship but there wasn't a uh, a give and take situation <coughs> excuse me um I, don't, you know, I, I mean, I think a lot of it was I was a player. I didn't like the way I was coached a lot. To be honest with you, I don't think most guys do. But I, I just, I just have always had a good relationship with, with people. I think that's important. I mean, why, why would you not? I don't know what anybody would get uh, out of being an asshole. You know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And, and i i try to explain to them it's this way on the floor but it's totally different off the floor this is this is business you know we got to take care of business and we're going to take care of business on the floor and some days you're going to like it some days you're not going to like it grow up now off the floor that's another deal and I'll I'll tell you, I was blessed, man. I I I came in and got a great bunch of guys. Great bunch. You know, I can (laughs) I laugh all the time. I see Missoula over there coaching on the Celtics bench. And I always to myself, I laugh to myself, we scrimmage Virginia. He must have turned it over six or seven times. And I didn't say a word to him. And he came over and he said, take me out, take me out. I suck. I said, I know. I just want you to get it all out now. (laughs) Get it all out now, and then maybe we can fix it. He said, you ain't going to take me out? I said, no, I'm not going to take you out. Keep throwing the shit out (laughs) of bounds. Which, you know, Joe and I laugh about that now, you know. But, I mean, there's a time and a place for everything, as the saying goes. I like people. I do. I like people I like and I, and I, and I love basketball. So it's easy. That part of it's really easy.
1: Yeah. And I would just say more or less when we were doing our stuff on the court, it was never like, uh, how can I play it? Things could get personal, but it never crossed the line to the point where, you know, you felt like all right i need to tell somebody what was going on. like it wasn't it wasn't that kind of vibe like you brought up some of the other coaches like it was ne- it never got to that now things can get personal when you don't do your job because it's you you're the person that's not doing it but it's never to the point where guys are hiding in basements for years and stuff like that. that's like no we never got to that like that's not the deal that was that's not how we did things there so